so here what I'm seeing is there's a lot of innovation and then there's a lot of work to get that to work. Fashion is, for me, one of the best parallels because you have the issue with hand feel. Mm -hmm. So people had to get comfortable understanding how fabric felt mm -hmm. before they could buy online. And that shifted now, and now there's complete comfort and yeah. there's a, a massive shift in the industry towards it. I do think one of the barriers for grocery is always going to be trust of somebody else picking your produce. It's true. And then how much good produce is out there and what's left yeah. in the store after. Yeah. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Digital Grocer, Mercatus's very own podcast. Yep. And we're live here in Las Vegas at the Grocery Shop 2019 event, day number two. Yes. It's a, yep. It was a whirlwind day yesterday, right, guys? It was, it was. So joining us is Rob Sanchez. Yes. Rob. Hey, how's it going? Explain to the audience who you are and what you do. For sure. So um, I'm the CEO of Mouth Media Network. We've been working on the podcast with these fine gentlemen here for a while now. We cover a lot of different industries and grocery is sort of our focus right now. Yeah. Um, it's blowing up in a way that fashion was 11 years ago. Yeah. So it has that same excitement and drive and yeah, it's a good moment. Well, and it was interesting because as probably our audience knows, we were producing the show out of our office in yeah. Toronto yeah. and it, it becomes such a, a heavy lift. We wanted to make sure that we we're doing it well and continuing to do it well. And the opportunity came to work with Mouth Media. And, you know, we jumped at it. And uh, I think it's been work. This is, what, our third, fourth show already? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Well, you know, when we started the podcast, it was just like, you know, at the bar at the end of one day at the, by the office. True. Say, hey, I True. think we should do this. And let's buy some equipment and let's see how it works. <laughs> then you suddenly yeah. realize you have to prep for the shows. You have to get your gas. And there's the audio editing, which we know nothing about. You know, I think we were lucky just to figure out how to connect the telephone line to a, <laughs> a board and something. What's a telephone line? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you yeah. use the internet for that? Yeah. And, right. and it's great because I, I know our audience. I know the industry is consuming mm -hmm. podcasts. I know there's other organizations out there in our space that all of a sudden are starting up their podcasts. Well, I think everything we do from a marketing perspective, we're, we're probably the template to a lot of our competitors as well as some of the other yeah. smaller players in the industry. You know, you know, if we do some sort of trade publication with some really good type of story on the operationalization of something, I know there's someone's going to follow with some similar story. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the story of our lives, right, in terms of what we do. Yeah, well, as they say, what it is, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So what's going on in the trade show floor, Mark? Like yesterday, you walked around. Did you see anything that kind of hit you? Well, I'm looking at the Takeoff Technologies booth right now. It's um, quite impressive. Uh, they're demoing their robotic picking capabilities. I know we have friends over there in the Miracle booth yes. showcasing their marketplace tech. There's some big players at Microsoft's booth is uh, over yonder. Over yonder. Over yonder. Over yonder. That's and, a unit uh, of measure. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I didn't go to the Microsoft. What are they showcasing? Do you know? Off the top of my head, no. But okay. I, they're here, which is, I guess, significant. Well, they have to have a presence in retail. I, mean, I yeah. remember the day when Microsoft had an ad network. And this was years ago. They did that partnership with a couple of agencies out of Chicago and mm -hmm. New York. And they unfortunately didn't really go anywhere. So, But, I mean, I think they're trying to be active in, in retail. I'm surprised Oracle's not here. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Yeah. They're not walking the show, are they? I know, I know Pinterest was here last year. Yes, they're not here this not, year. Not here this year. Yeah. It's interesting show. I think there's traffic-wise, 
gut feel it's feels less people i think the exhibit space it feels smaller mm-hmm. um, i mean we're positioned right beside the general session mm-hmm. so we know there's bodies but there yeah. as soon as the general session ends they They're have other places to go and it's yeah. that from that perspective you know it's, it's although we're having good traffic based on our booth position yes looking forward to day two see if we get more conversations going and are you getting feedback on the content the content wise there's nothing new it's, it seems to be um you know a rinse and repeat from last year yeah and a lot of the same speakers yeah my sense from from talking to some people is the content i don't want to say the word dated mm-hmm. like i think there's there's this appetite in the industry to say well content should be there's something needs to be new and innovative every three to four or five months, right? I think right. it's probably in the cycle of every time Apple releases a new phone, there should be new content right. in this space. Right. But the reality is this space doesn't grow by leaps and bounds yeah. on a quarterly basis. So I think there's some rehashing of some content. I heard Walmart spoke yesterday, P&G had a good presentation. So there's been some okay pockets of content. But I would agree, generally, the feedback I'm getting is that it feels kind of rehashed. Yeah, yeah. Right, Definitely. the data. Yeah, it does remind me a lot of the early days in the in fashion tech where mm-hmm. there would be like a big spike and then everyone would talk about that for like two years. And okay. And then it would happen again. Right. It would happen again. And then this, the speed started picking up. Okay. So here what I'm seeing is there's a lot of innovation and then there's a lot of work to get that to work. Right. And then it happens again. And so you kind of have these boom and bust cycles on new conversations. Oh, that's interesting. You probably, that's probably in line with a cycle of innovation, which is, you know, every two years, time to absorb it, time to make it better, mature, kind of go to the next level. That's, it's, I think it's kind of familiar to what we're hearing in this space as well, in this vertical mark. Yeah. And it's, as you said, I mean, you had the big announcement two years ago, Amazon Whole Foods, mm-hmm. and that's still working its way through the industry. There will be another shoe that drops. Right. Yeah. Uh, we just don't know what it is and when it will be. Yeah. And that'll kick off another dialogue or conversation spike that you were, Rob was talking well, about. Well, what I'm, I heard yesterday from talking to some smaller retailers, mm-hmm. and then we're talking about these are retailers with below 20 locations. They are having similar conversations in their boardrooms that some extremely large retailers are talking about. Mm-hmm. about owning their customers, uh, about being, you know, as per our campaign, back in charge. Right, right. So these smaller retailers are starting to have those conversations, and that becomes extremely grassroots in terms of the level it's happening. And there's some, there's some interesting fear out there that maybe they gave up too much, yeah. and they're starting to kind of think about it. Well, uh, it's interesting that you say that. I think the fact that what's informed our positioning in the market now mm-hmm. is the conversations that you've had uh, over the last little while with our clients and prospective clients mm-hmm. and what their objectives are in really owning their grocery shopping experience online. Yeah. You know, we also had some CPGs visit us yesterday. Interesting. And, yeah, you know, we've, we've always talked about at some point the CPGs are going to consider how do they go direct. And then been, I think most of them are reluctant to spread themselves thin, thin across the multiple channels, whether it be Amazon and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. But the one conversation we had yesterday that struck me as being really interesting is wanting to partner in terms of being able to influence what's happening on a dot-com perspective across multiple retailers. And I'm not talking about advertising. Right. No, that's not, that's not the conversation. Yeah. It's about product placement, product bundles, product influence in the consumer and educating the consumer in a way that... You, Interesting. That it's, it's easier to get educated consumer online than it is in-store, but it's so infrequently done well 
Right. You know, I was yesterday. I was doing an interview with. Um, I don't know if you know this. I don't even know if we organized this interview, but it was a very small newspaper in the Midwest. With, was that produce uh, retailer? Yeah. Yes. yes. Did, was that organized yes, by us? Yes, yes. Yeah. She was a lovely person to talk to, and yeah. she had some amazing questions. Yeah. And she talked about like when you're in the category of produce. You know, what are the barriers to adoption of buying produce online? Blah, 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 blah. Fast forward, her kind of her, her core question is, how do you educate consumers on produce? And this goes back to that CPG conversation. I'm like, buying produce on a good day is intimidating. And yeah. it's usually the most expensive part of your, your grocery shop. So how do you pick an avocado? How do you teach someone to do that? What to do with the avocado? What's the health benefits of it? Right, right. Because yeah. we stick to the staples as human beings, right? Lettuce, carrots, celery, onions, yeah. peppers, and like, you know, radicchio, some of the other stuff. You're kind of like, how do you find that in a grocery store, right? <laughs> I need kumquats for this recipe. And you're like, <laughs> and, you're like and you have to Google it, right? You're yeah, like, exactly. what is this stuff? Yeah. Are they supposed to be green? And you don't know. You don't know, right? And suddenly you eat them and you get sick because you're supposed to wait for them to be ripe. Right. right. Yeah. So we try to educate, you know, explaining to her that's the big thing. And I, that theme across the CPGs that visited our booth was consistent. Which was really interesting. Did you see that in other industries as well? Well, so, again, fashion is, for me, one of the best parallels because yeah. you have the issue with hand feel. Mm-hmm. So people had to get comfortable understanding how fabric felt mm-hmm. before they could buy online. And that shifted now, and now there's complete comfort and yeah. there's a, a massive shift in the industry towards it. I do think one of the barriers for grocery is always going to be trust of somebody else picking your produce. It's true. And then how much good produce is out there and what's left yeah. in the store after. Yeah. And then, I don't know, if, have you seen Misfits? No. They have a pretty brilliant marketing campaign in the New York subway right now, but it's a it's a marketplace for all of the produce that looks weird. Oh, wicked. Yeah, it, oh, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. And you know it's going to show up ugly. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and then that's part of the fun. Your, ex- your expectations are being <laughs> yeah. managed. Let, yeah. let, me, let me deal with your expectations. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I like that idea, too, because they're basically saying, okay, the food is still good. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be mismatched on, on the way it's presented. And that, you know, fixes some of that and also gives the stores an offshoot for it. Yeah. Deals a little bit of food waste. But, yeah, it's fascinating. What's well, interesting you talk about the fabric because yesterday I was having a, a pretty in-depth conversation with an individual that suggested, well, I think there's imaging technology that can be used to pick the right piece of produce or, or steak and it could be easily implemented in store. And being a technologist, I said, that's a solution looking for a problem. Yeah. And yeah. no, the individual did not respond well to my comment. Yeah. And I suspect because he's made a heavy investment in that technology. Yep. I tried to explain to him, I said, technology, number one, technology doesn't solve everything. Yeah. Two, at the end of the day, deploying technology in retail at 3% margin is difficult on a good day. Yep. And you know, high turnover rate and also also, we know from experience that when we're writing user guides or we're writing training material for inside the store, it's got to be really, really easy so the adoption rate can be really quick. It can't be overly complicated. And quite frankly, if it's too much to support, it loses it loses traction really, exactly. really quick. Yeah. But, you know, I kind of wrapped up my conversation and this individual cut off our conversation because, again, I wasn't supporting his idea. Yeah. I, I said to him, I said, you know, what's really important to understand at the end of the day when you're dealing with in grocery retail that no matter what you build if the input in terms of quality of of meat and produce if that input into the supply chain is already not good so if half the stuff you're buying is already spoiled i don't care what technology you're going to you're going to put in it's not going to solve the problem that's why i think 
the further back in the supply chain you tackle the mm-hmm. margin issue, the better. 100%. Uh, in the same way that one of the reasons that margins were crap in the fashion industry was because the supply chain was archaic mm-hmm. and you had to order like a year, 18 months and longer mm-hmm. in advance. So you never actually knew. So they actually just built in spoilage. And oh, wow. there was this big, like, the the idea that they're burning clothes, there was this big kerfluffle about that. Mm-hmm. But that's actually common industry practice Wow, to decrease the prices. You have a similar issue if you're not handling the agriculture um, yes. correctly, if you're not dealing with the soil and the, the light for the crops, if you're not yeah. handling pesticides and so on. And it's going to be interesting. One of the things I'm fascinated with right now is the impact of the lawsuits against Roundup. Oh, Roundup Monsanto. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see that ripple through Yeah, because that's going to have a huge downstream impact, especially since most of our crops now have been genetically modified Absolutely. to support that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's. I think that's a place to take that innovation yeah. and move it, like deal with that at the, at the, farm at the level, picking at the farm yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What becomes compost? What do you ship? Yeah. Well, there's, in the store. there's some interesting statistics that say, I think in, in the United States, I think it's over 30% of the food is wasted on an annual basis. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. When you think about it, you know. And you think the cost is baked into what consumers pay now. Yeah. That's your, your margin. Yeah. yeah. And to your point, if you're able to better operationalize and rationalize your costs from the source. And that's that's the challenge that you have with some of the innovators in this in the grocery space is that they're they're setting up distribution centers or dark stores that sort of bypass the traditional grocery supply chain. Right. And they're able to either lower the cost or they're gonna pocket that margin to their benefit. Yeah. And uh, the typical grocery retailer is going to be continue to be hamstrung. Yeah, I think it's like yesterday I made I made a, a prediction. Like if I was Albertsons, I think Albertsons is an unsung hero in this space. No one talks about them necessarily, but they're very covert as an organization. And I understand that with what they're doing. But if I was to reinvent myself as a grocery retailer, I would move if you can move the majority of your commodities to an online sale. Yeah. Right. So your detergents, your toilet paper, you know, all your cleaning supplies. I mean, you can go through the list, your pet foods and everything, right? Your yeah. canned goods and then everything else. Then you end up with smaller stores that are dealing with the items that are more susceptible to shrink. Right. So you yeah. prepare foods, your fruits, your vegetables, your meats. The margins a retailer would save would be huge. Uh, it's the cost. And then yeah. on a labor store development and so on. Then you could shipping, really stocking. shipping and stocking. Then you could do something super innovative with the brand. And really differentiate yourself out there in the market. Well, that's a Wegmans, right? That's a Wegmans, but Wegmans still deals with those extremely large stores that they have, right? Yeah, you know. But their experiences and their experience is amazing, and, yeah. right? Even you go, I think one of the Wegmans I went to in Rochester had seventy-five different cheeses. It's wow. like just like dying wow. and going to heaven, yeah, without a cardiologist next to you, <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm surprised. And, you know, the only only uh, vendor that's on the floor, uh, I think, yesterday and today that's talking about supply chain and food tracking is IBM. IBM's here, which I yes. yeah, well, I nearly tripped in front of the booth. I mean, where have you guys been for the last 25 years? Yeah. 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 Right? It's pretty insane. Avery's doing some stuff with supply chain on the um, using barcodes and RFID okay. to decrease shrinkage in the actual prepared foods. Oh, I didn't um, know that. That's yeah. amazing. So that's that's one of the innovations that they're okay. discussing over there. Um, wow. But yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. So I'm excited. Today we have, I think we're recording three more podcasts. 
Is it three? Yeah, three. I know we have one at the end of the day. Yeah. And we have Fit for Commerce. Fit for Commerce at uh, a little later this afternoon. Yeah. And then yeah. we have the, the boys from uh, Radius Networks. And, and Shopper Kit. Shopper Kit. And yep. we're excited to work with those guys. They have yep. some amazing tech that just blows my mind. Yep. Yeah. You know? And they're good partners of ours. They're great partners. Yeah. They're amazing. So we're looking forward to it. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode. And stay tuned to download the next one again. Straight from the trade show floor here at Grocery Shop 2019. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it was a pleasure. And Mark, yes, how do sir. people get a hold of us? www.mercatus.com. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.